Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. And thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman. And if you are a homeowner, you're living in a house or an apartment, and you do not know how to fix from A to Z, I've got something for you that I think you're really going to like. Because when you have heating problems or plumbing problems or sewage problems, you often feel way out of your league. And with it being winter, I thought it'd be important to bring some experts to kind of give us some House 101 advice on how to ready our home, not only for the winter, but for the season. So from Scott Hale heating, plumbing, and air. We have Bryson, who's a specialist in heating and air. Is that right, Bryson? Yes, ma'am. How are you today? Good. And I want to say that Bryson did a great job. He came to my house and uh, helped explain to me the importance of a furnace tune-up and inspection. And it was like taking a grad school class. I mean, I learned things I hadn't. uh, And it really helped me understand why it's so important to do that every year. So we'll talk about that. Also joining us in the studio, Brady. Had a chance to meet Brady the other day. And your specialty is plumbing. Yes, that's correct. Okay. So we'll talk in depth about what we need to know about our house when it comes to the pipes below and above and and how to make sure our house is as safe as popular. Keep that water flowing where it should, right? Absolutely. Also joining us, speaking of pipes and flowing, is Jaron. Your specialty specialty sewage, correct? Absolutely. Everything sewer specialty. All right. And we've lived in neighborhoods before where sewers have backed up and actually come up into people's basements. Never a fun thing. So I'm assuming a lot of the calls you get is when there's an emergency on hand, correct? Absolutely. Especially being this close to the holidays, it's definitely something you want to pay attention to. Well, and what I love to also mention when people talk to me about my experience with Scott Hale Heating, Plumbing, and Air is that you guys come within 24 hours. So if there is any kind of an issue with heating, plumbing, or sewage, you can call you guys. And, and I appreciate that. So first of all, let's take a step back and we look at a house. Most of us are not um, plumbers or you know specialists. So when it comes to readying our house for the furnace, for, for heating for the winter, what are some things we need to keep in mind, Bryson? So being a homeowner, there is... There's a lot that you can pay attention to and a lot that's in your control. You can prevent breakdowns from happening. Um, The number one breakdown that causes a furnace to break down is actually a a clogged filter. So a lot of the times people pay no attention to it. It's the last place in the house they go or want to go is their service room. They forget about those filters, so they get clogged up, and all of a sudden it's restricting air on the blower motor, and you have a broken blower motor, which then is going to lead to a very expensive repair. Right, and instead, the preventive, how often should we be changing our filters, and how do we know when it's time to change the filter? So filters are rated for about three months on a MERV 8 or higher. And the MERV is just your your your, your rating. The higher the number, the better. The more um, filtration, the more stuff it's going to catch. So different filters filter different things. Yes. And they, I mean, a simple one-inch filter can last three months, you know, but you can get six-inch filters that are going to last for six months. Um, I'm a fan of checking it every month. I'm kind of weird. I've got a young daughter. I want to make sure that our house is as clean as possible. So I change my filter every other month. I check it every month. It's it's easy. Put a phone, uh, an alarm on your phone um, to just check like it. Like a calendar 
your reminder. Yep, every month. And it's super simple. It pops up. I go down and check it because the last place I want to be when I get home is in my own service room. So you brought up something I'd never heard of, and that's Merv. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think there was a guy who hosted a TV show named Merv a long time ago. But uh, are, are the different filters, you said they filter different stuff. So So, it's the quality of how much they can filter. So the higher the rating, the higher the MERV number, they're going to filter more things. So MERV 8 and higher get about 60%, I want to say off the top of my head, of um, particles flying through your home. Wow. If not, we're inhaling those, Mm -hmm, which is mm -hmm. why you're saying as a father, you wanted to make sure your daughter was getting as fresh air as possible. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that our homes are 60% dirtier than outside is. And we live in Salt Lake City, Utah. So that inversion, I mean, we're horrible. Why? Why is it that our homes are 60% dirtier than the air outside? Well, you're going to open your door and you're just bringing all that stuff inside and then it circulates with all of our stuff, you know, coughs, colds skin cell like all of that okay I'm gonna go fill change my filter like today. yeah yeah you, ha- you have to you right. have to okay so we're gonna change our filter mm-hmm. and then we have the choice of the quality of filter yes. we want to choose in terms of size how do we determine uh, you know I'm just gonna say some of us women we're the ones who buy the filters how do we know the size that we need so this is a, a very um, frequently asked question to me is how do you determine well the sizing of it should be marked on your your filter drop and if it hasn't been done by an HVAC technician you probably probably want to have someone come out and make sure you're getting the correct size, you know, and actually give you maybe some options on what you can have for filtration. Okay. So number one, we're going to look at that filter, change it monthly or mm-hmm. bi-monthly, depending on where we live or the type of filter that we're using. We're going to check it at least once a month to mm-hmm. see how clean it is. Because if not, if it gets dirty, it's going to block the airflow mm-hmm. of the furnace and cause problems with the life of that furnace. Yes. It's going to cause problems with the life of the blower motor and it also can overheat. So it'll make your furnace turn off. Now, one of the things I learned in the inspection process is when it's a furnace tune-up and inspection, you're not just trying to like tweak a few things to make sure the furnace is running. You're looking for a safety mechanism. So what are you looking for in the furnace? So um, on on the safety checks, you want to check the combustion. And this is for a licensed HVAC professional only. Like you want to have invited into your home. Um, You want to check the combustion of your gas, make sure it's burning at its quality. And you had special tools you're using that you could measure that with. Yes, yes. And then also um, you hear a lot about uh, carbon Carbon monoxide, right? So carbon monoxide poisoning. It's so scary. It's so scary. It is scary. It Especially is. I have my kids' bedrooms right across the hall from the furnace. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is most of the time if uh, there is carbon monoxide being leaked from your furnace, it's actually going into your airstream and going throughout the whole entire home. Wow. You know, because there's a compartment called the heat exchanger and that's where all the gas is going. That's what's getting hot. And then air is moving outside of that hot compartment. So it's moving all of that air. If there was a crack or carbon monoxide was getting inside of there, it's going to push it throughout the whole entire home. Okay, so we need to make sure we have a licensed, what did you say, heating? HVAC technician. Okay, HVAC technician who Mm -hmm. has the tools to make sure that you're monitoring the type of gases that are being emitted and running through the furnace. I know it's a layman's terms, but I'm kind of getting it. Okay. Uh, Yeah, and and also a good idea is to go get, you know, a plug-in from Home Depot um, for a carbon monoxide detector and put it right in your service room or right by a vent so that it's going to tell you, you know. You actually, I wanted to do a follow-up on that because I had my carbon monoxide detector kind of in the hallway outside Mm -hmm. and you recommend it actually being in the utility room or near a vent. Why near a vent? Because that's where your airstream's going. Okay. So if there is carbon monoxide being admitted into your airstream, it's going to go right there and it's going to trigger it. Okay, so you're going to look at safety mechanisms. We're going to make sure that filter is running well because 
Uh, what's the average lifespan of a furnace? Uh, in our market, you're seeing them 12 to 15 years, depending on the manufacturer. You know, some are built better than others. Um, 12 to 15 years, and now you know, sometimes you're seeing the occasional 20 plus. You know, um, they don't run like they used to for 40, 50 years. Um, one of our friends has a 30 year old furnace. I had no idea, by the way, <laughs> that it was only 12 to 15 years. I kind of thought I have a roof, I've got a furnace, I'm ready to go. But when you come and inspect, you're looking at yeah. the life of the furnace. And as you're well. looking at all the major components in the furnace, not just one thing. I mean, the furnace has, you know, seven, eight, nine different components, working components that, that work together um, and by themselves. And also, a lot of people don't understand your furnace operates your air conditioner. You know, when I tell people that, they're like, oh, what? You know, I didn't know that. But your blower motor, you know, that operates your air conditioner, again, to your filtration. Keep a clean filter. Your blower motor is going to last a whole heck of a lot longer. Before we move on to plumbing, is, is there a certain carbon monoxide detector that you recommend? Uh, no, not, not necessarily. They, they sell good ones all at... Um, Home Depot, you can just go and buy a plug-in. Um, I believe Ness actually started doing one. They're kind of more of a high-end Wi-Fi um, monitor. So, they'll so in monitor. other words, your phone would give you an mm-hmm. alert that something's mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. And then before we move on, I wanted to uh, mention one last indoor air quality. A lot of things that we overlook as people, we, we don't, we're not aware of what's in our home. You know? So during the, the winter, you have the flu and the cold virus growing. You know, your kid gets the cold, he comes home, he coughs. And that's going to grow inside your home because of our humidity levels being so low. I mean, some of the lowest in the nation, 17% humidity. Aren't we the second driest state in the country? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when our furnaces are on, I believe that we're the driest. Wow. So there's actually things that we can do. We can add an indoor... Um, humidifier that's a whole house humidifier so that isn't just about breathing more comfortably it's actually a health it's health okay. yeah it's health it's it's scratchy runny noses i mean since i put mine in my daughter doesn't get runny noses anymore and she's at daycare all day you know but she comes home where she spends the majority of her time and she you know it breathes healthier Oh, okay, so look for the humidifier, especially, mm-hmm. like, as you mentioned, we live in such a dry state. Okay, yes, I'm going to go from dry air to plumbing. <laughs> and I'm so glad that you're here with us, Brady. So Thanks what, for having me. Yeah, now, plumbing, that's one of those things, often it's out of sight, out of mind, until the water is not flowing through the house like it should. So as we are now looking at winter, what are some of the most common things that you see as a plumbing expert that we could try to maybe help prevent or be on the lookout for? Well, some of the biggest things that like we come across at this time of year um, is with the colder air, the colder weather coming in, we uh, go to a lot of freezing pipes, broken pipes, because... Um, you know, the pipes are freezing, so they break and cause Why floods. are they freezing? I mean, I, I know for outside, my sprinklers, I always had to get those pipes drained at the e- end of the season because someone's saying, you know, if not, they're above ground or whatever, they may not be protected. And well, because sometimes, you know, like back in the days when they built stuff, they didn't maybe bury things as deep. Like, so like your water main, the, that's actually feeding the, your house, mm-hmm. your water's home or your home's water, um, sometimes it isn't buried deep enough. So once it starts freezing, that frost level gets lower and then return, you know, those old crappy pipes freeze. So if the water main freezes as it's coming to the house, what do we experience? Um, you know, usually um, the city will send you a notice saying, hey, your, your uh, water bill skyrocketed this month. Um, there's something going on. We're going to come out and shut the water off. You need to have something going Someone can take a look at it. Or take a look at your water bill. And yeah, and sometimes it okay. gets bad enough to the point where water is literally coming up out of your grass or your sidewalk and stuff like that. So obviously that's a good indication that you're having a problem. No, so that would be the, the water main underground outside our mm-hmm. house. What do you see inside? So water? inside, like hose bibs, because the reason hose bibs are affected by the cold weather so much is because they're, you know, half of it is outside the home. And so 
if it's not properly sealing, then it, it can freeze and then it, it breaks a pipe in your home and there's no way to shut off unless you shut the whole house off and it floods your home and usually happens on a weekend or when you're out of town. So you're saying like the hose bib to the... The, the, outside, the outside faucet. Okay. That feeds, I, I was trying to think what the mm-hmm. word is. So all, all I know is that the kids in the neighborhood, when we're not home, they like to drink from the back faucet Exa- exactly. of my house, right? Yes. So you don't want that open no. in the wintertime. No, or, or okay. leaking because it's not sealing properly. So what'll happen when it gets so cold, it'll freeze in that, it'll, it'll crack the casing and and then you're you're flooding you know what there's a mixture of different types of pipe systems and houses now the house that i live in is about 17 years old and most of the pipes are a flexible it looks like a pvc or a plastic is it is it is it gray yeah, there's gray, and then there's some blue, all kind yeah. of running through the house, bringing well, water see, to my kitchen. And they have their own connectors that have gone bad and caused some mm-hmm. pretty serious flooding in our basements. Well, and, and when we got to homes, gray poly is something that we look into because gray poly was you know created, started getting installed around the 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. and there was a huge problem with gray poly. It wasn't cured right or something in the process where it tends to crack pinholes and you start leaking. And then, so what we do, we come into homes, replace that with actual plastic PEX pipe nowadays that's a lot more durable that'll last you uh, a ton of years. A lot longer. Uh-huh. Brady, didn't you used to tell me, um, I think you told me to come check my um, my washer and dryer. Well, I, I'm not a plumber, so I, I don't know these, these terminologies, but isn't the number one reason for floods in homes the washer and dryer, the, the hookups? Yeah, so the, it's actually the hoses hooked hook to your uh, washer. Um, um, those old rubber hoses will um, start getting a big balloon, and then they will burst and also another way of flooding. Another big thing to look for this time of year, too, since it's the holiday season, a lot of people have a lot of company coming into homes. They're over, you know, using a lot more water than normal. The water heater is going off more. Um, and so to have the water heater checked is a, is a big thing, too, because, you know, water heaters, just like furnaces, don't last as long as they used to. You know, they tend to only last six to ten years, you know, typically. Um, and so the worst thing you want is on, you know, Christmas Eve, your water heater going out and not being able to supply hot water for your company. Right. And, you know, again, I've been, this is my fourth home that I've owned. I had no idea how long a water heater would last. And I did not know that when I was getting the leaking underneath, that that was already the sign that it was on its way out. Yes. So is there any way to prevent the, to, to know whether your water heater is about to go? You know, and it, it's hard to tell just because mm-hmm. like usually what happens, it starts rusting, rusting from the inside out and and so like it's hard to tell until it starts leaking but like good indications are you know sometimes when it kicks on from using hot water it'll the burner will kick on and you can start hearing rubbling and crackling going on is a good indication that it might be time to check it out sounds like popcorn does it really sound Precisely. like popcorn? Yeah, it does. It really does. Okay, so here's the thing you were saying in the beginning. For those who've just joined us, we're talking about doing our best, understanding what we can do around our house to prevent heating and plumbing and sewage problems, what we need to be aware of, not only during the winter, but throughout the seasons. And we brought some experts in from Scott Hale, Heating, Plumbing, and Air. And I appreciate having Bryson and Brady and Jaron. We're going to check in with just a minute as we talk about this. Is it possible for us just to do an inspection? Like you were talking about, we might see some leakage problems behind the washer and the dryer. We've got, you know, water underneath our sink that might be going to the dishwashers. Should we be kind of, as you mentioned, maybe checking out the service room and looking for problems? Yeah. So, well, like you can always look around and kind of see like, um, 
you know, a lot of homes nowadays don't have soft water either. So you can always see some like hard uh, water build up on this stuff. And like that usually tends to leak. It's been leaking before, but the hard water is kind of clogged it, but it'll tend to leak again. So it's always good to look at that kind of stuff. Test your emergency stops that are under your sinks. Cause like if you can't get in there, just shut those off. Cause it's, it's so jammed or so, uh, you know, just There's so many bottles of palm, palm olive liquid yeah. detergent <laughs> and so many towels underneath. That is a really good point. So yeah. go about the house and make sure you know the, where the water stops yeah. are underneath the sink. And, and also and, one thing that mm-hmm. I, I experienced, what, last weekend or a week and a half uh-huh. ago, um, I had no idea where my water shut off of. Again, I'm a, I'm I'm HVAC guy. These are guys who are the plumbers. I kind of stick to my knowledge. But um, I had to find my water shut off out because a solenoid broke in my um, water softener. And luckily, I have people to call and tell me what to do. But those are things, too, that I've noticed knowing that as a homeowner where those things are. And even as you say that, I have no idea yeah, where yeah. my water shut off. Would that normally be on the outside of the house? No. So okay. you, you do have one on the outside of your home where mm-hmm. your water meter is to shut off it. But most houses, there are some that don't have it, but there's a shut off inside your home um, that you can usually shut water off. But, is that at the main line? Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. And your PRV, your pressure regulator will be right above it as well. Okay. But there's usually always one on the inside of the home. Some homes don't have it. And so it's always good to find that stuff. So like look I, for the inside lever uh-huh. What's the technology? For- so it's called a ball valve. Okay. The and ball then, valve. or and then sometimes they have old gate valves, ones where you have to spend like twenty five times to turn off, which those are always, you know, cause a lot of problems. So that as well. when water starts coming in, you you know how to shut it off yep. and minimize the damage. Speaking of that, with the water heater, when ours went, I had no idea what to do when that water was coming out. What can we do once we see that the water heater is starting to uh, leak from the bottom? Is there something we can do at that point to well, try to minimize the damage? Well, I would recommend calling a plumber okay. as, as soon as possible because sometimes they'll, they'll leak for a day or so or maybe a couple of days before they actually decide just to start leaking a lot worse than they normally would. Um, and most time, uh, the water heater also has its own shutoff right above it, so you can always shut it off right there, too, until you can get a plumber out to take But take you've got 30 or 50 gallons of water exactly. in that water heater that you've got to watch for. I know from personal experience. Yes. And then I think you asked mm-hmm. if there's something that they that homeowners can do maybe that are outside of themselves. And mm-hmm. I think most companies, um, plumbing, heating, and air companies, do whole house plumbing inspections. Yes. Yeah, that, that's one thing. Like this time of year, we do a lot of inspections. We actually go through the home. We check your stops for you. And you know, we ask the homeowner, hey, try to twist this stop. And if you can't shut it off, what's going to happen if... A supply line was to break and you can't shut it off right there. So you have to try to frantically look through your home to find that shut off to shut off your whole house. So you get the inspection, mm-hmm. you get the knowledge you need yep. to help prevent problems down the road. Yeah. And then another thing to touch on too is like um, Bryson mentioned stuff about like the the humidifier because the dry, like how dry it is here. We also offer like to come take a look at um, like your hardness, like your water hardness, like calcium magnesium that's in the water. That also, you know, the, a water softener will help uh, moisturize your skin, and it'll make your whole house run a lot better, a lot smoother, and make your appliances last longer as I, well. I heard that, and as soon as I was told that by my very first house, we made sure we invested in water softener, and it makes a big difference for the life of our appliances. I want to bring Jaren in. Thank you so much. Jaren, when it comes to you, I mentioned that very often we turn to you, someone who's a, an expert in sewer systems, when things are backing up. Right. So are there preventive things for us to be able to to prevent that kind of sewage backup or problems in the house? And we have houses of all ages. I know you see in the state of Utah. Right. Absolutely. There's a lot of things that you can do to prevent 
uh, prevents sewers from backing up. One of the big things that um, Bryson mentioned was say, uh, being knowledgeable about where you where your utility room is. Uh, nobody wants to go down there every five minutes and look at it, but it's always good to go down there every now and again because if a house is going to back up, it's going to go at the lowest point wherever that may be. Most houses are going to have uh, a floor drain in the utility room. Um, and most of the time it's going to be right in the middle. And if you have a backup, water is going to start coming up from that floor drain. Not just water, but like you, sewage water yeah. sometimes, right? When you have a backup, Bryson's right. When you have a backup, um, I mean, not to get too technical here, but there's a lot of sewer in there. I mean, what you put down your drain, if you have a backup, everything, your toilets, your sinks, your kitchen sink will come back. So it's really, really good just to go down there once a day, every other day, just to make sure that your sewer's not backing up, that your furnace is not rumbling around in there, um, that your water heater's not leaking all over. It almost seems like the engine of a car. Exactly. Like that's, that's, that's some place that instead of being in a far corner of our house, we should be much more familiar with how it's right. operating. And just, just knowing where it is. I mean, not necessarily knowing how to fix it. That's okay to call a plumber out, but it's always good to notice it before it happens. I've been out to a few houses where they didn't notice it for two days and all that sewage had come back into their utility rooms some houses it's their bathroom and it goes everywhere so it's really good to be diligent and just take and keep an eye on it um the biggest thing that i can see right now though with especially being the holidays and we just got done with thanksgiving people love to put food down their kitchen sinks um the garbage disposal is there for a reason oh so don't don't no, try to no. fit it down the little segments on the other side <laughs> you guys are laughing but people do that exactly uh, and i'm saying maybe i have a couple of times <laughs> so okay food only goes down the side I've, of the garbage disposal because why right so i went to a house where um a customer um put a pot roast down their garbage disposal. I think I was Are there. Was kidding? it the same call that I was at when I was? It might have been. Yeah, it was. A pretty, pot oh, roast? it was. Yeah, yeah it was so pretty Bryson, nasty. It, like, it was almost like a video. Will it blend? Yeah, right? they wanted to know if it was, or maybe it was well done. Something yeah. like that. Okay, so, so that's you, a no-no. The the advice that I can give every homeowner is if you can throw it away try to throw it away. Obviously, a garbage disposal is there for a reason. So if you need to cut, clear your scraps off, for sure, go ahead and do it. If you're going to, run a little extra water because you got to realize if you put anything down a drain, once it gets out of your drain, it still has to travel two, three hundred feet before it gets to that city main. And what don't you put down your disposal? Isn't there th certain things like eggshells? Like they told shells. me no more eggshells and no more potato yep. peels. And coffee. Eggshells, uh, coffee grounds is a big one. Um, noodles, pasta. It's yeah, a that big clogs one. up. That was, I'm, I'm saying yes to each of those because each of those I've caused a backup <laughs> either on Thanksgiving or Christmas. And I have actually learned how to um, go underneath my garber in Hit Canada reset. We call it, and reset it. Well, <laughs> yeah, actually turn a, a crank there, to yep. try to open it up. And my husband's always like, you did it again i'm like oh, i just <laughs> forgot you know it's a it's a close relationship me and my garbage disposal. it's like she's under the hood one more time you've got a good relationship it's totally <laughs> but fine. honestly if we do put too much stuff down and you're saying and we don't run enough water right then we will get ourselves over our head and then we're gonna have to call someone to clean exactly. the line for us. exactly okay. a lot of the um Call them secondary drain lines. If a uh, secondary line plugs, it's going to be the kitchen sink, and that's due to the fact just what we're putting it down it. 
Um, can I you, can I have you walk us through it really quickly? So right now I'm putting down some mashed potatoes and some kernels of corn. I start the water of my sink, right? I put those vegetables down. How long do they need to like, you know, be blended? And how long should I keep that water running? Approximately. I mean, what right, would you do? Right, right. Um, when you turn your garbage disposal on, mm-hmm. there's going to be a distinct different sound okay. um, when you turn it on. So when you turn it on and there's something in there, it's going to, you can feel it. A lot of times you can feel it on your counter. That and it's making rumble. more of a bassy exactly. vocal singing. So exactly. when it gets back to tenor, we're okay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. From bass to baritone to tenor. So we're listening exactly. for it to be clear. So if you can, mm-hmm. if you can kind of hear the difference, that's um, the kind of time when you're going to want to keep that garbage disposal running. In terms of water, personally, I run it for two a minute after, two minutes after, just well, because like a. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was, was going to say, just like I said, I mean, you've got two hundred feet of sewer line for that food to go through, and if it wow. doesn't have enough water, wow, it's not making out to that main. And a lot of the times, people don't even understand that they actually have options on how powerful they want their garbage disposal. You know, you can get upgraded options if you're one of those people that put stuff down there all the time. I have the upgrade. Yeah, yeah. so you know. You <laughs> You've know. got one that's like a silent <laughs> listen, wood listen, chipper sister, under your you're on the, <laughs> yeah. We see you once a year. Here's the, the max one. Okay, uh, we have a few minutes together. Sewage and toilets. One other I, thing I, have, I really wanted yeah, to mention please share. Go um, ahead. is the main sewer line. It's really hard to tell when that's going to back up. A lot of times we see roots that come in. It's a huge issue, especially with pipes that were put in in the 40s and 50s and 60s. You've got five foot sections that those roots tend to separate. They're going to come apart. So when those roots get in there, they're going to cause a big backup. So it's really good to to catch that problem before it happens, like Brady said, right before Christmas. Nobody wants to call a plumber out Christmas Eve because they've got a backup. So how would we know if you get a plumber that has we have these uh, cameras that we throw down your line oh, wow. and we can actually see, yeah, you've got a separation, you've got roots coming in that way you can know I need to do something now or I need to I can wait six months or two years or whatever it may be. But it's always good to get a plumber out there. Um, if we have trees H- in our yard, exactly. in other words, it's a good idea for us to have someone right. run a camera down the pipes. Yep. OK. And just like Bryson was saying inspections are big. So with getting your furnace checked out, getting your water heater checked out, plumbing inspections are big because then you can catch the issue before you have to spend thousands and thousands of, of dollars. extra dollars remodeling exactly. your home because your your sewer flooded. Not to mention the angst yeah. of when it happens it always feels like it's happening at the wrong time when exactly. you're not planned for it. So you can plan the inspection. Preventative maintenance. Preventive. Yeah. Yep. It's like preventive health. Yep. Right, taking care of that. Go house. get yourself checked up at the doctor before you're in there for <laughs> something worse. <laughs> okay, and I know we got to wrap up, but I, I wanted just to say this um, because I I think sewage, I also think toilets. Can I can I go to the to you for that one or can, okay so we've got you know family in town right a lot of people using uh, the the bathrooms and we get backups right are these new low flush toilets are they able to send enough water down to do the job when you have a lot of guests in the house they are okay. able to throw uh, enough water down there you've got the I'm guessing you're talking about the two flush toilets they've got mm-hmm. a lot of them where you can have the slow flush and then the except um, bigger flush um, if you have that extra flow or excuse me if you have the lower flow it's going to be able to flush 
most of what you're putting down there. If your kid throws a toy down there, it might have a little bit of an Batman. issue. We've had Batman. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're going to have to rescue him again. And is there a lever on the side of the toilet where if we do have water overflowing that we can... There's a lever it? that's okay. going to be down um, down below the toilet, usually on the left or the right-hand side where Brady was talking about having a shutoff. So know where your shutoff is okay. just in case you have that issue because I know everyone's experienced a um, clogged toilet. You can turn the water off so that it doesn't come back into the bathroom. I usually find my husband in a fetal position anytime that <laughs> he's like, honey, and, and that's me to the rescue. So um, inspections, know our, where our water shutoff valves are. Make sure that we're changing our filters regularly. Get that carbon monoxide uh, um, alarm. Uh, plugged in near a vent and make sure you get the inspections of each area of our house so you can prevent any further damage and the catastrophe at the last minute. Bryson and Brady and Jaron, thank you so much for your time and your expertise. And again, if we do have an emergency, we can call you guys. Absolutely, <laughs> Rebecca. Scott Hale, Heating, Plumbing and Air. Thank, thank you. you so much for joining us. And may we not have any catastrophes the rest of the season.